0: Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Rolison, also known as T-Roll, and today I'm once again joined by a very special guest, a good friend of mine, someone I've known for quite a long time now. His name is Michael Cody. He's been on staff with Campus Outreach Birmingham for 12 years. Is that right, Michael? 12 years, and he served in Florence, Alabama, working at the University of North Alabama. Um, Michael, it's good to have you, man. Thanks, bro. It's great to be here. So is this your first time on a podcast? It
1: is. Yeah. Um, I think that this is the first time that my voice will be heard digitally besides a couple of talks I've given. So
0: yeah, debut. Good man. Well, don't be nervous. Don't be too nervous over there. Um, we're really excited to have you. Here's what I'd love for you to do. Every time we have a guest on, we love to start by, you know, having them share a little bit about themselves so that the listener can know who they are. And uh, today's topic is really special because you and your family in the next few months are actually going to be moving overseas to serve in ministry with Campus Outreach internationally. So this whole podcast, this whole episode is going to be designed around, you know, hearing your story and hearing how you and your family process this decision to go overseas. And uh, I think it's going to be really beneficial for our students to hear. So why don't you tell us a little bit um, about You know, where you've been working and um, just about your experience on staff, just to kind of start us off here.
1: Yeah, for sure. Man, it it is great to be here. Uh, Like Tyler said, I have been, uh, I've known him for quite a number of years now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, If you know Tyler, you know a lot of things about me. We have some uh, mutual affections for uh, Taco Bell, Mm. for uh, professional professional wrestling. wrestling. (laughs) Wow. See that? Yeah. Um, I think we're probably the only two people in the Southeast that like pro football more than college football. So, yeah. You know, yeah, that's true. So we're, we're, we're kindred spirits in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I've, I've worked on staff uh, at the University of North Alabama for uh, about 11 years going into my 12th mm-hmm. and um, came on staff right out of college and haven't stopped. Never thought that would happen. Um, but yeah, yeah in, in the next hopefully three months or so, we are going to be getting on a plane and moving to Johannesburg, South Africa to work with Campus Outreach there.
0: That's amazing. So how far is that from here, like a plane ride?
1: Well, it depends on what plane you take, but there is a pretty sweet direct flight from Atlanta that's about a 15, 16-hour flight. Wow. Flying Delta? Man, Lord willing. (laughs) If if
0: COVID allows, right? Right. Um, Well, how about this? Let's start with, um, I'm just going to let you take the mic for a while and share um, just how this decision came to be for you and your family. So take us to the beginning from when you first started thinking through this and just um, let us know kind of everything that went into, um, you know, praying about this and making this decision to go overseas.
1: Sure. Um, you know, I, I really hope that this is beneficial to a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm a 34 year old man who's been married for 10 years and has three young kids. But I but I really hope that whether you're in a stage of life like that or whether you're a freshman on one of our campuses listening, that some of these principles will prove equally beneficial. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll tell my story. Um, so coming to faith at Sanford university, um, back in the shout out, yeah, go Bulldogs. The, the spring of 2005, um, I would say the Lord really put a desire to be part of reaching the ends of the earth, uh, on my heart from a young spiritual age. Um, and I didn't know exactly what form that was going to take. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, even my decision to come on staff with campus outreach when I graduated was made in light of the reality that I I thought that right now that could be the best possible contribution I could make to the Great Commission. Um, And so, yeah, I served on staff at UNA for a long time. And and one of the unique things that I think the Lord took me through during that journey um, is that for several of those years, quite a number of those years, um, me and my wife were the only people on staff there. And so, that was a special time of ministry in a lot of ways. We saw the Lord work in some really mighty ways. That was also a very challenging time of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, there there were times where I did not think I could do it anymore, to be quite honest with you. Um, but for whatever reason, the Lord was very kind to me, and, and he always kept us very close. And he always gave us just enough affirmation to keep going. Um, but that season, it was very much like a put your head to the plow, get to work, all these things are happening it's kind of on you from a human perspective, it's kind of on you to manage it. Um, and so I would say for, for three or four years, um, it was really hard for me to think about any kind of ministry outside of what was happening in my own backyard. Um, and at the beginning of 2016, the Lord really started answering some prayers. Um, I got my first staff partner in almost, it was a little over three years. Um, and then the next semester we got another staff partner And then the next semester we got another staff partner. So it was like in, in like a a year and a half time, um, our team had grown from, from one to four. And I think this was the, the spring of 2017 when, when this started happening, um, or when, when we got that team in place. And, um, I just started asking the Lord at that time, you know, what was next for us? You know, I was, I was start to kind of be able to see that like, okay, we're not going to be here forever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's a team now. So what do you want from us? And and there wasn't like one moment per se. Um, There were several things that I was reading that just several books I was reading articles I was reading where just the need for more people to go just kept coming up. Um, there were conversations I was having, I mean, just from different people who have no contact with each other, where just the idea of sending more people to the nations kept coming up. Um, and so I just started asking the Lord, like, Lord, you know, I I, I came on staff because I thought that this would be a very strategic way for me to play a role in the great commission. I still want to play whatever part the Lord has for me in the great commission, and so I just started asking him might might it be time for us to play a little bit more of a direct role. And so yeah, I mean I just I just started looking at my own story and and looking at just some of the things that the Lord had you know taken me through. I mean, I think about just a lot of the the lessons I had to learn about perseverance through hard times in ministry. Um many are I don't know how many listeners know, staff will know, but taking me through a very difficult time right before I came on staff where my dad committed suicide, um, thinking about before that going through a pretty severe um, bout with doubt and depression. It's like just this theme of persevering and, and trusting the Lord through hard times just kind of kept coming up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was just asking, Lord, why is that? Like, why why is it that you have taught me so many lessons about how do you stay healthy when times are hard, both internally and externally? And I and also just started thinking about the gifts that the Lord, you know, had given me, just the ways that he'd seemingly used me to impact others. And I and a lot of those just were in the realm of, you know, leading in crises and teaching younger men and helping establish people in the faith. Um, and, and so as I started thinking about just all these different desires God had given me, kind of this unique story— and all these other conversations where the nations just kept coming up it, it's the Lord wouldn't leave me alone. And so my wife and I, Megan, we, we started praying and I think the Lord, he, for, the first thing he gave us a desire to do it. Um, yeah. so that, that was the first good start. Yeah, that, that was the start. We, we want, like we started praying in, in early 2017 and pretty quickly the Lord confirmed that desire. Um, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, please. Okay. So soon after, I think the next year, um, after, a uh, uh, extended time of praying for it. Um we we went through an assessment process with Campus Outreach's international uh, department in Birmingham. And so Campus Outreach's international department it's called Campus Outreach Serve now. Um it's basically a bunch of career missionaries. Like I'm I'm pretty sure there's like a couple hundred years of combined overseas experience um in Jeez. that office yeah. that was trying to help us determine is is this the Lord's call on our life. And so we went through an assessment process with them. Um, and it was pretty intimidating, but it was also very good. And we came out of that with them basically saying like, yeah, we, we, we can see that this does seem to be the way the Lord's directing you. Um, so start looking at where you want to go. And so, um, I started taking a few investigative trips to, to different places around the globe. And it was about this time last year at the end of 2019, that I took a trip to South Africa, um, for a couple of weeks. And, I just saw how the Lord was working over there. Um hmm. so he he's he's doing some pretty incredible things. Um and and I spent a lot of time interacting with the staff and hearing about just what the needs are and it, it became pretty apparent that they said one of their greatest needs over there was they need experienced leadership. Um not like we need Michael Cody, but we need right. ex we we, we need <laughs> the kind of experience that a decade in ministry can can bring out. Um, we really need help. We need help shepherding our our young staff team. Um, they're they've got a pretty big staff team over there, but they're incredibly young. You know, mm-hmm. um, almost entirely native South African staff. It's and, amazing. And they, it's yeah, it's it's remarkable what the Lord's doing. But they're saying they need help shepherding and developing so that the staff over there can minister from a healthy place. And and the thing that was maybe the most exciting to me um, was just when I heard kind of the ultimate vision there. They want to send out mature laborers into South African society and all across the continent. Like one of the, one of the little taglines that they use over there, they say, we want to make the 1040 window the 940 window. Mm. And if you know anything about kind of missions terms, the, the 1040 window kind of refers to the area in the world, latitude and longitude, where the most unreached peoples are. And the bottom degree of that is North Africa, which right. is a mostly Islamic area. You think about places like uh, the Sudan, Morocco, Algeria, Egypt. And places that it's very hard for American missionaries to get in, unless we go covertly. Um, but Africans don't have that problem, right? And so they they really just have a vision. We want to impact the whole continent. We we want to make disciples in our own backyard, and so just and them saying that we essentially need somebody to come shepherd, develop, pastor the staff, help mm-hmm. us do that, so that we can do that. Um, it was just it was just so exciting to me um, just thinking about everything that the Lord had brought us through and just very humbled to even have that opportunity. Um, so I I brought all the information home and I talked with Megan for a couple months and we started praying about it. And at the beginning of February, um, it was actually one evening (coughs) that, uh, Megan said, we've been praying about this a lot. What's keeping you from committing? Oh boy. (laughs) And at that point I knew it. Like at that point it's like, okay, She's even gotten a little bit ahead of me now. So yeah. that probably means we're in a good spot. Um, and so we, we, committed, awesome. <laughs> we committed in early February that we're going to spend at least the next five years um, ministering to the staff and that hoping leading a lot more South African students to Christ in Johannesburg.
0: So one thing you said I'd like you to circle back on. You You know, you really, I think you said it was in 2016 you started thinking, or maybe 2017. 17, 17 okay. You started, you know, feeling this itch towards maybe moving overseas. Um, And you actually you went to several different places, even around the world, to kind of, I guess, try to see where what what might be a good fit. So, how did you nail down? You know, because I'm sure everywhere you go, there's needs, right? So this could be something that might be helpful for someone who's listening. You know, how did you nail down this particular opportunity in South Africa versus some of the other places you went?
1: Man, that that that's a great question. So. Um the place that was kind of first on my priority list that I wanted to go to was a place where campus outreach did not exist or does not currently exist. They want there are churches there that want campus outreach to come there. Um and that was actually where where I was thinking for a while. And I think had had I just made this decision after like one prayer time with me and the Lord and not gotten any other input, yeah. That that's probably where we would be. Um but it, honestly, it was mostly just through the, the wise counsel that I was trusting, particularly the people who had been overseas who were saying, you know, we think just in light of the ways that you've served over the years that the Lord has seemed to bless and in light of the more urgent, immediate needs um, and in light of the desires that you've expressed, what you want to be a part of you know, helping younger staff be healthy. That's a big desire of mine that the Lord kind of weaved in me over those tough years. Like you, you, you can't really do that if you're going and starting somewhere fresh right sure. now, yeah. you know, so even just letting outside counsel even help me interpret my own desires. Mm, um, and also okay. just seeing what the most prominent and pressing needs were. It, it became, it was, it was humbling cause that wasn't what I wanted to do initially, but um, it just, it, it did become apparent pretty quickly through a lot of wise counsel and just searching my own heart. And then particularly after the visit, when, when I saw that, yeah, this, this is, this is the fit, this is the place this yeah. is where the Lord wants us. And see what I, what I love about everything
0: you're saying that I think will be really beneficial for, you know, everyone who is listening, whether they're a, a student involved with CO or, or maybe another ministry that happens to be listening today, or maybe even a staff member, someone who's already working in ministry. There's there's a lot more that goes into the process of deciding where to serve overseas aside from just looking at a map and thinking about this country or that country, right? So you've already talked about the Wise Council. Yeah. So maybe you can you know, dive a little deeper there. Um, but also like the type of work you're going to be doing mm. in these places, that, yeah. that probably has a lot to do with um, – whether or not a person should consider this opportunity or that opportunity. So what other sort of wisdom guidance would you give to someone who really does have a heart for the nations? Hmm. Um, and what, what sort of wisdom and guidance would you give them in terms of, um, how to nail down the right decision, how to make the right decision?
1: Yeah. Um, if, if I start going on a tangent, rein me in, please. Okay. (laughs) I need that sometimes. Um, you know, I I would say, I, I think that, You know, John Stott had a quote one time where he said, you know, we should be global Christians with a global vision for our God because our God's a global God. And so I think that every Christian needs to be asking themselves, what role do I have to play in seeing the ends of the earth be discipled, Mm -hmm. you know, and and ushering in the kingdom of the Lord. One thing that I've become very convinced of in my years on ministry, because I think sometimes like. we we can really glorify people who are going like they're making the ultimate sacrifice, man. Particularly through this like season of, of fundraising that I've been doing, I've just become so convinced that there is, there is not a more important person between people who are sending and people who are going. So Mm -hmm. I'm a lot of people who are listening to this, maybe the majority of people who are listening to this, you're going to play a very strategic role in, Reaching the ends of the earth, but it probably won't be through directly going. But just being a good steward of what the Lord has given you, whether that's the money that you make one day, you know, and just being very generous, extraordinarily generous, to be able to send people, you know, or whether that's serving in the church and leading groups of people to start praying for the rest of the world. There are so many ways to make a a strategic investment in the ends of the earth, and so. I, I don't essentially want this to be a podcast that's just like, this is how you're supposed to know if you need to go overseas. Yeah, that's This good. is more about, in some ways, like processing the call, because you're all called. Everybody's called to play a part in, in God's global work. And so, particularly if you're a student, um, you know, we have so many students on all of our campuses across the region who are new Christians, young Christians. Like, your your discipleship process is just beginning in a lot of ways. So even... I mean, I, I was sharing my story, like I'd been walking with Jesus for 10 years at that point, you know, and, and I can talk about this from a little bit more of a quote unquote mature standpoint. Sure. But he, here's what I would say. And Cause I was talking about things like, these are how, this is how I've seen the Lord, you know, use me in different ways. These are some of the gifts God's given me. Listen, you might not know what those are. Like your, your service to Christ might just have started in a lot of ways, um, I'm going to be real. I think we totally overrate like personality and, and things like that in our culture, because I think, oh yeah, these are the types that need to go. These are the types that need to send, you know, look at this paper and you can tell how God's put you together. It just, that's not the language of scripture. The, I mean, yeah, we, we are different and the Lord does give people a different way, but that's the thing. The Bible speaks a lot more about spiritual gifts, than it does natural wiring. Mm-hmm. And if you read what the New Testament has to say about spiritual gifts, it's never in the context of what fills you up the most. It's always in the context of service to the body of Christ. God doesn't give you your gifts for you. He doesn't give you your gifts for your own personal enjoyment. Right. But the flip side of that is like you do get a lot of joy when you start serving others. And so I think yeah, for yeah. for young Christians who are listening to this, the the best thing that you can do right now honestly is just start finding different ways to serve the body your your friends around you the lost people around you the church that you're a part of like get to work try different things and eventually the 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 giftings that the lord has given you by his holy spirit they will emerge um and a lot of the times that'll just be in conjunction with wise counsel speaking into to your life and I don't know. It's just like when, 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 you, when you see that blend of like, this is how I want to serve. This is what God's given me. This is the counsel. Here's opportunities. That's God's calling on your life. He doesn't want us, just to, he doesn't want us to live in this just like, like out-of-body days where we're just wondering, what's the purpose of my life? We know 99% of the purposes mm-hmm. of our life. Yeah. Know him. Make him known. Find ways to do that where you're at as a college student, and eventually he'll make that clear. That's great, man. I don't know well, if I answered the question. It was asked a long time ago. No, it's good.
0: <laughs> you know, I asked the question, which means I probably already forgot what I asked. So it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, w- let's do this, man. We're, we're almost done here with this particular episode. Anything else you would say um, to the, the student that's listening, maybe even the the staff member? Who's working in ministry? Who's listening? Um, anything else you you feel like you know? You again, you got the microphone before you get on airplane, and get out of here. Um, anything else you'd like to say that you think could be beneficial for someone who is really wrestling with their calling in life and the the needs of the Great Commission mm-hmm. around the world?
1: Yeah, i I'd, I'd love to just read um, these couple verses real quick. This is from the book of Acts, Acts chapter sixteen. Um, this is the story about when. Paul received what we call today the Macedonian call. Um, It says this, uh, Acts 16, starting in verse 6, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Hmm. So I see a few things in that passage that I think are really helpful, um, that have been helpful for me, and that I think would be helpful for people just asking about this. Um the whole vision thing that that's that's another discussion so i didn't have a vision of jesus saying go to johannesburg that that wasn't that but sure. but the principle of the lord putting something on my heart like the lord does put holy good desires um in a redeemed christian's heart you know he he puts things on your heart for service in the kingdom of god um so so the desire is there you know The opportunities there. I mean, you see that in that passage, right? It says they were ministering in all the other places and the Holy Spirit kept closing doors. You know, it says the Holy Spirit forbid them from speaking in certain places. Notice how they're not getting condemned for being in those places. Mm -hmm. They were going about doing their life, trying to know Christ and make him known. And the Holy Spirit was just shutting the doors. Just saying no. That's right. And, and, And in some ways, like when we were processing this call, again, we were thinking about going to one place and through counsel The Holy Spirit essentially was saying, no, you're not going to there. You're going to go to Johannesburg. Yeah. Right? So Mm -hmm. the desire was there. The opportunity was there. But then look at the last part. It says we were concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel. So Paul had this, like, direct revelation as an apostle from Jesus. But here Luke, the author, is saying we still had to conclude. Hmm. We still had to think. We still had to use the minds that God's given us collectively as a counsel to decide that God was calling us here. Right. And that's where I would that's where I would bring counsel in a lot of the times. Like it doesn't just come from like, hey, I want to do this, let's go do it. Right. I, I really do believe that that trusting these principles of biblical wisdom, that God gives you desires, He gives you opportunities, and He puts godly men and women in your life to help you kind of discern that. Man, I think that's the paradigm that, that I would just really encourage um, soon-to-be grads, um, staff who are thinking about doing other things, anybody who's just asking, what's the next phase of my life? Think about your desire. Think about what the counsel around you is saying and think about the opportunities. And at that point, if you get it wrong, you know what? We serve a good father. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's not going to punish you for seeking to serve him. He is a good father. He did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all. So his heart towards you is kind. And I fully trust that if somehow I am misreading this call and moving to Johannesburg, he's not going to punish me for that. He's going to reroute us. Yeah. So Amen. trusting the goodness of God.
0: That's good, brother. Well, Cody, listen, it's such a privilege to have you on here. And again, our friendship will continue, even though you'll be on a whole nother continent. And we'll, we will miss you dearly. But we're so excited about you and your family moving to Johannesburg. So I just want to thank you again for joining us, brother. And um, I really do hope that everyone who's listening uh, was able to get a lot from this conversation. Um, We want to encourage you to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening And uh, leave us a review even. Share this with your friends. Share this with um, friends of yours that are in your Bible studies, in your discipleship groups, somebody else that you know on your campus that might be uh, blessed by hearing this conversation and any other episodes that we've recorded as well that would— I think that would you know, make us really happy if you guys would share it and uh, make it accessible to some of your friends. So with all that in mind, for my good friend Michael Cody, this is T-Roll saying thank you once again for listening uh, to the Campus Outreach Podcast. We will see you next time for our next episode. Take care.